Welcome to the Mujeron Podcast, a place for the modern Latina who is ready to get out of her own way and build the life she wants. I'm Sonia Alejandra, your host and the founder of Mujeron Movement, y juntas we'll explore the topics of self-development, entrepreneurship, community, and everything in between that empowers us on our journey to becoming the Mujeron of our dreams. Vamos a lograrlo juntas. What's up, Mujerones? Welcome back to the Mujeron podcast. I'm super excited to share the story that we have for you today. Someone that's going to inspire us to make sure that we are not underpaying ourselves. That is if you have a business and you know that you are not charging enough for your products and services, or maybe you are in the nine to five grind and you're doing more than what your title actually says. You know that you should be either getting a raise or a promotion, both. We're here to support you on that. And I want you guys to help me welcome Genevieve Casper. Thank you so much, Genevieve, for being here. She's definitely someone that can support us on both ends because she is a senior vice president and marketing director for one of the most prestigious business banks in Arizona. And she's also the CEO and founder of La Jefa Status. So Genevieve, thank you so much for being here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm so grateful for, to have you here on our platform today. Thank you. I'm grateful for the invitation. Thank you so much. And before we start, I want you to tell us a little bit more about yourself, your story, and what La Jefa Status stands for. Yeah, sure. Okay, I can talk all day, so you're definitely going to have to probably cut me off at some point. But I'll, I'll start with with why I wanted to start La Jefa Status, because like you said, I have a day job, uh, and I've been very fortunate to have a very successful career. Uh, I make very good living for myself, but I started La Jefa Status because... I'm really angry. I'm smiling, but it infuriates me to know that Latinas are literally the lowest paid population on the planet. It does not matter. Like literally there are no factors that matter in entrepreneurship and in the corporate world. Latinas are the lowest paid population across the board. It takes Latinas 118 years to make what a white guy makes by the time he's 65. Over a 40 year career, we lose out on $1.1 million just in 40 years because of how little we're paid. And it doesn't matter how much education you have, doesn't matter what a region you're in, it doesn't matter what industry you work in, that is just it across the board. We are not getting paid nearly what we should be getting paid. In fact, we are, again, the lowest paid population. I'm not cool with that. Like that really upsets me, it angers me. And when I talk about what I want to do with La Jefa status, um, some people kind of look at me cross-eyed. My own dad called me militant in my attitude that I have towards empowering Latinas uh, economically so that they can represent in all places of power as who they are and their authentic selves. But that's the mission of what I'm trying to accomplish with La Jefa status is to empower Latinas economically but really empower them to be able to represent who they are themselves fully without having to diminish anything about them, represent themselves that way in all places of power, you know, in business, in politics, in their community, everywhere, so that they can create the legacies that they wanna leave for their children. They can create generational wealth. They can be the ones to change the world. Starts with not being afraid to make money. 
I love that. I love everything that La Jefa Status stands for. As soon as they connected us, I was like, I have to have her on the podcast, not only because of what you're doing with La Jefa Status, right? And what's coming up. We're going to be talking more about the upcoming events and upcoming stuff, but also because of your story in the nine to five grind. I feel like a lot of us can relate to in a moment in time being uh, in corporate And just knowing that you're doing so much more, right? And that sometimes they don't acknowledge either because you're Latina, either because you're a woman Mm -hmm. or because they're just trying to be stingy and they're not really trying Mm -hmm. to give you that that promotion or the price tag that goes with that. And I feel like I'm super excited to share your story because you're going to inspire so many women to go back and like really step up and, and speak about these things. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you now are the senior vice president at one of the most prestigious business banks in Arizona. So first, I want to say that you don't have to have almost anything figured out. I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to feel like we need to know exactly what we want to do, what we're passionate about and drop this whole career path. And I want to do A, B, C, D. And this is how I'm going to get from this point to this point. And we always put this pressure on ourselves to say like, there's more I could be doing. And, and it's a lot. And in reality, for me, like I've had, I had 13 different jobs in 10 years. I would, I have been in almost every industry. I've tried almost everything to figure out what I really wanted to do. So I think it makes it a lot easier for you to fight for what you should be making when you're pursuing something that you're really passionate about. But you can't find that out unless you go out and try new things. So I think the first thing really is not being afraid to experiment. I I know that there is a stigma, particularly with millennials of being job hoppers and that, that, that first year career. But the other part of that is every time you leave, that's a new opportunity to make more money. Because when you negotiate at the beginning with your salary, you're already starting off further ahead than you would have otherwise, because you're never going to be able to close that gap. And when people, when I interview people, I'm disappointed if they don't try to negotiate. And it's more often than not that they don't try to negotiate. And I can't, as the employer, I can't like tell them, like, you need to ask me for more money because I can give you a little more if you just have the courage to ask for it. Um, But that's the reality. And I think when we go into a new job too, we feel so grateful to have the job and the new opportunity that you're not necessarily willing to say, hey, I think I should be paid whatever you whatever you've determined from your research, that position is worth. But if it was, I applied to be a part-time cashier at a grocery store when I was in college because I finally was able to go to just a part-time job. I still asked them for the maximum amount of money that I could make as a cashier. And they said, well, normally we don't start people at the max. Like, well, I have three years of experience working in retail and I have management experience in retail. So I think I'm, uh, uh, that's, that's what the value that I bring is. To, that's what the value is that I bring to the table. And it can be so scary. It is, it's still scary. And I can tell you about the last raise I negotiated for myself because I surprise myself sometimes with the things that I say and do. It, it, it's scary, but you'd be surprised at what you could get just because you asked. And that's really, I can, like the last 
four milestones in my career have come not because I presented some big case of these are all the facts of why I should get what I'm asking you. It's just because I actually had the courage to ask. And the other thing is that you can start small. You don't have to swing for the fences every single time. You ask for the small things. You just start at the beginning. And as you ask for things and see that it's not really as scary as I thought, or when you get that no, like, okay, that no was frustrating, but actually now that somebody told me no, now I feel more empowered to get what I want because they told me no. Now I feel like I need to overcome that. Now my sort of Latina pride kicks in and like, okay, I'm not going to take no for an answer. So when you put yourself out there, even in just the smallest ways, you start to find out it's not as scary as you thought it was. And then as you get those little wins, they build and build and build until you have the confidence to ask for things that other people would look at you and say, like, I can't believe you did that. They're like, well, believe it because I did it and I got it. You got it. You have to you have to actually speak the words. Yes. And I think that's mind blowing when you realize that employers have a little room with like to give you more than what they're offering. Right. And I think that the first thing is just like you said, asking if you are in a position right now where you feel like you're doing more, like there should be a promotion involved, like all of a sudden, you know, because especially right now with COVID, a lot of cuts, a lot of work has been given to other people. This is the time to really sit down with your supervisor, your employer, whoever is um, going to decide to give you this raise and talk and just ask. I think that's a huge step just taking that first step to ask. Now, transitioning into like entrepreneurs, because I feel like they're, even myself, I want to say like pricing products, services has been something that could be very difficult, especially Mm -hmm. when we're yourself. What would you say is like the first step to making sure that we're not underpaying ourselves? Really, it's about looking at the cold hard facts. As I went to an art school, I for a long time, didn't call myself a banker. It was executives in the bank who said, no, you work at a bank, you're a banker. So I finally have accepted that moniker, but I'll still, I'll be the first one to say like, I'm not the the greatest with numbers, or at least that's what I used to tell myself. Um, But the reality is, if you want to know how to price your products and services, you need to understand whether or not they're profitable. So you have to look at the numbers and do the cold, hard math to figure out, is the product or service that I'm selling enough? Am I selling enough of enough units or is the cost high enough to actually support me and my bill? Can I pay my bills with what I'm selling? There's only one way to figure that out and it's to do the math. I created calculators to help Latinas figure this out. And that's what's going to be part of the workshop. So I've broken it down and made it really simple, but there are all these other things that cloud our judgment when it comes to how we should be pricing. A lot of it has to do with guilt. You feel guilty asking for more money because of how we were all raised and how we've been conditioned to think about money. So you feel guilty asking for money, but then you feel guilty not asking for the money because you know you should be charging more, but you feel guilty about asking for it. See, it's like this circle of guilt, this cycle that we find ourselves in And really the only way to get out of that is just to look at the numbers because the numbers don't have any emotional attachment to it. There's no guilt 
or shame or anything else. It's just objective data. What, it, how many of these things do I need to sell at what price in order to afford to pay a car in my house, in my phone bill, and go on a vacation or do the other things that I want to do in life? So that's really where it starts. And then you get your head out of it and your emotions out of it. And then you say like, okay, well, it's very clear. I need to charge way more money for what I'm doing if I expect to still have a roof over my head. That makes it a lot easier to charge what you should be charging when you know what's on the line. Yeah. And one of the conversations that we had prior to like hopping on on this podcast recording was how sometimes we leave out the time right? What is our time worth? Like we only take into consideration like the product or how much did we invest in order to be able to create this service product, whatever it is. And we kind of leave out the the actual time it takes us to either if you're selling something physical and tangible, like packaging it, taking it out to sending it out, Mm -hmm. uh, building the website, adding stuff, or if you have a service like you know, have going on calls with your clients and really doing that tedious work, like all that time you also need to take into consideration. Do you have any advice to how to figure out how much your time is worth and making sure that we're not under like paying ourselves minimum wage? (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, it's really just doing the math on like, what do your bills look like and how much money do you want to put in savings? How much money do you want to put towards a vacation fund? How much are you putting towards education, um, saving for your kid's college fund, whatever it is, you put all those numbers in. And I have a spreadsheet that that does all this for you automatically. I've listed like every possible thing you could think to put on a household budget, including nails, facials, hair, like everything that I would want, at least in a budget. The things that I spend money on going out to eat, whatever it is all on a spreadsheet. So you just put in, this is how much money I spend on these things right now, how much money I would like to spend per month on some of these things. If I had, you know, the extra $300, I would put that in a savings account so that I can help my family when they need it. And I have that little bit of money left on the side, whatever it is, you get that total. And then if you assume that you work, let's say 56 or 46 weeks out of the year, So let's say you take six weeks of vacation total in a year, that if you're working 40 hours a week regularly, like you would in a regular day job in a regular nine to five, and you use the number of what it's going to cost you to live the kind of lifestyle that you want, then you can figure out how much money you should be charging per hour for your time. Whether it's a product or a service, it doesn't matter. It's going to take you X amount of hours to deliver your product or service. And now you know how much money you should be charging for those hours based on what your household budget looks like. So again, it's not just grabbing a number out of thin air saying, well, this is what this $20 an hour, like that sounds fair. Like I'll just charge myself that when you have no idea if $20 an hour baked into the price of your product or service is actually going to be enough to help you pay your bills. So this takes, again, all the emotion out of it. You just look at the numbers and the numbers tell you what you need to do. Yeah, this is so good. I think one of the biggest things is like figuring out that lifestyle, right? And no matter where you are on your journey currently, like knowing that 
this is exactly where I'm at right now. Obviously it's going to look different for all of us, but I think that's huge kind of laying out the numbers. Like they say numbers don't lie. So yeah, that's a good first place to start. And the nice thing about the calculator is you can play around with it. Like, okay, this is what my rent is right now. But if I wanted to move into, a, you know, wanted to buy a house, it, what is the look, how much do I need to make if I double my rent? How much would I need to make if I had two car payments instead of one? How much if I wanted to save $5,000 for a vacation? How much more money would I need to make an hour? And this does all the math for you. So Math is scary. Spreadsheets and calculators can be super intimidating. I put these together to be like literally as easy as I could possibly, like easy enough for me. If it was easy enough for me to create, it's easy enough for other people to use. You just put in your numbers and then it tells you right there, this is how much you need to charge per hour of your time. I think definitely like doing the numbers, the spreadsheets. And again, we're going to talk a little bit more about what's coming up for La Jefa status. So you guys can make sure you take advantage of these workshops. Um, That's the first step, right? Kind of seeing it all laid out and realizing like, damn, Sonia, you're underpaying yourself. This is ridiculous. But also what comes next is like really getting out of our own way to Mm -hmm. actually put these numbers into like a game plan. Um, For me, that was this year, I finally put out a product for Mujeron Movement in the Mujeron University that was super intimidating and like was so out of my comfort zone to offer something with that price tag. There comes a lot of self-work and like mindset work that one has to do and a lot of work in uh, preparation, right? Mm -hmm. That one has to do in order to be able to do that. What can you give us advice or what did you do when you, one, once you realize like, okay, I need to be paying myself this much, how did you get out of your own way to actually put that into action? Well, I'll be honest because I just started La Jefa Status. I, I formed it as an LLC in November, December of 2020. And I was kind of kicking it around. I, I knew what my mission was, but I didn't really know exactly how I wanted to accomplish it yet. And I spent the first six months of this year um, really struggling with imposter syndrome because I spent my whole career, I worked in ad agencies and at the bank serving business owners. So I've been working with business owners my entire career as a marketing professional, but there was just kind of this thing in the back of my head, like this is my brand. This is not somebody else's brand that I'm helping with. This is me and my brand. And What if people don't like it? What if they don't get it? What if I'm putting out there isn't actually helpful? What if I'm really not as qualified as I think I am? All of those things really hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought I was ready and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so it was every day, I literally felt more and more guilty for not working on what I wanted to accomplish with Lahefa status. And so then I would just avoid it altogether. Like I didn't listen to any business podcasts. Like I just kept myself occupied with other things because I couldn't face the guilt that I put on myself for not doing more. Mm. And then every day that passed, it got worse and worse and worse. And then finally, I was like, I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm going to listen to this one podcast that I just had saved on my phone. So I finally listened to it and the host was fine, but the guest just said like everything I needed to hear. It was so like, it was such a serendipitous, like it was exactly what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. And I was like, yeah, 
yeah, okay. Like I, like, this is all like, I need to, to move on past this stuff. And I even at the very beginning of the year hired a life coach and she really opened my eyes up to a lot of things, but my imposter syndrome got so bad that I didn't even like, I could have just made an appointment with her and she could have talked me off the ledge, but I couldn't even do that. <laughs> so it was like, I, I really kind of froze. And then I heard this podcast of like, okay, now I'm back on track. I'm motivated. I know what I need to do. And so then I just jumped into this and I'm fortunate working in the world of entrepreneurship on the corporate side. I have a lot of connections and know a lot of people. And I was able to connect with a mentor at ASU. And so when I told her what I wanted to do with Lahefestatus, she was so supportive. Her organization was very supportive. And she was like, okay, well, you need to do a beta. So why don't you put together like some workshops and we'll help you, like we'll help you with a venue and we'll help you promote it. We'll do whatever we can to help you, but let's do a beta. Let's get some workshops together and get some feedback. Let's see if the things that you're thinking people need to learn are actually what they need to learn. And let's start there. So I'm not even charging anything yet. I'm doing these three workshops as a beta to make sure that I really understand how to help serve Latinas, Latina business owners and getting their feedback. And then at that point, I will probably turn what I'm doing into courses that could be more widely available for people who can't attend either live streaming or can't attend in person. And the idea is to make everything that to make everything that I'm offering very tactical. I want anytime someone is experiencing something with my brand, I want them to feel like they are walking away with another tool in their toolbox that they know how to implement and use right away. Because otherwise, what's the point? Like we don't have time for just feeling good. We got to get out there and make that money. That's what I'm about. Yeah, make that money. So you'll have to ask me that question in like six months <laughs> where I ended up with pricing all this out. No, and I appreciate your vulnerability and like really just being open. I think that that's the biggest thing when we have these conversations and we are real about where we are in our journey. Right. And I think that that can really impact and in, inspire women that are listening to us who might be on the same journey and they're still kind of figuring that out. Also your input, because you have been able to just ask for those raises and promotions on your nine to five, like that is also super huge. So I wanted to definitely share that with them. Um, there's two things that you said during our conversation with this questions in specific that really stood out to me that really helped me this year when I made that transition into like realizing like, okay, it's time for me to like really make sure that I'm getting paid for the work I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the importance and the power of taking action. Mm -hmm. Whether that is if you are still feeling like you're not completely ready to take that first step, but the first step might mean I'm going to reach out for help. I'm going to reach out to a life coach I'm going to reach out within my community like you did in ASU, who can really help me take that first step. And I think that a lot of times we confuse the action to, oh, I have to start this project now. And maybe that action actually means that you're reaching out to get more information and getting prepared, right? That's also action into taking the first step towards your goal. And then the other thing you said was the community part, right? Looking for help. That is so important. 
And sometimes we'd be surprised who's willing to lend a hand. Mm-hmm. Who's also so passionate about that mission, like we are, that are willing to say, hey, you know what, Sonia, I'm going to help you do this because I'm so passionate about it and more women need to hear this. So thank you so much for sharing that. I want to now transition into the actual workshop. Tell us a little bit more about what that consists of. And I'm super excited for the women to hear what are they going to be learning? So we have three workshops coming up. The first one is about what we've been talking about today, how to price your products. Uh, Because that is the number one issue that I've seen with Latina business owners. They're, They're smart, they're driven, they're passionate, they are very savvy. They have all the skill sets that you need to be an amazing entrepreneur. But the pricing thing is where I see them get stuck up, the, stuck on that the most. And so the calculators that I talked about, that's what we're going to go over. And it first starts with really understanding the mental blocks that are keeping us from being able to think more objectively about our pricing. So we're going to go through that and make sure that we know how to move past those things so that you don't waste six months spinning your wheels in a cycle of imposter syndrome that you can't get out of. Uh, and then using the actual, the, the calculators and the spreadsheets to help you figure out all that other stuff aside, just cold, hard facts. What do I need to make in order to be able to pay my bills? Cause that's really what, what it all comes down to. So that's what we're going to go over in the first class. The second class is really the, uh, I'm really excited about all of them, but marketing is really what I've been passionate about since I was a little kid. I've always loved marketing before I knew what it was. I loved it. I rebranded the Little League snack bar when I was a kid because it's just like, it just kind of comes out of me. I can't help it. Uh, So we're going to talk about marketing, how to tell your story and what your unique value proposition is, because Ultimately, what makes your product or service valuable is who you are and the story of your brand. And you need to be able to speak to that in a way where you can actually factor that into how much you're charging for your products and services. You have to give people a reason to buy from you. If there are all these people who make handmade candles, why should someone buy your candle and not somebody else's? So you need to be able to speak to that. And I think marketing, there's It is a super complex world. You have online, you have traditional, everybody has something to say about like funnels and emails and social media and how you write copy and what your graphics look like and what your branding looks like and your story and personas. And it can be really overwhelming. So breaking that down to the essential elements that you need as an entrepreneur to understand and then how to actually leverage those to make more money is what we're going to go over in the second class. And then in the third class, the third workshop, we're going to talk about finding more time for your business, because I know that's something that I struggle with. I have a nine to five. I have a large team. We put together huge campaigns. Like my day job keeps me busy. I have two little kids. I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I have a husband. I have a life outside of my work. And then I have Lahefa status. So I know what it's like to struggle to find the time to work on all the things that you need to work on. Uh, But really time management more comes down to understanding how to set boundaries and understanding how to ask for help. And you said that earlier that you have to put yourself out there and talk to your community and the people around you and not be afraid to reach out to them. I had, it has taken me 
all these 36, 37 years, however old I am, of my life uh, to finally get comfortable asking people for help. Even my own husband, I've been married to for 14 years this December. I still sometimes feel bad asking him to help, even though he tells me all the time, just tell me what you need me to do and I can do it. So that is, I know that's something that a lot of us struggle with because we've been conditioned our whole lives to take care of everybody else. And we always come last. I, growing up in a Hispanic household, being the oldest girl, the oldest and the only girl, I was like a second mom. And I took on that role happily for a lot of my life, not realizing how it was stopping me from growing as an individual and uncovering the things that were going to make me happy and make me feel fulfilled. It wasn't until I was married and out of the house and it was really my husband who helped me to understand that I needed to separate myself and have a separate identity from the expectations that other people had of me. It took me a really long time to get to that. But when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you need to be able to have boundaries. You need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to delegate. You need to be able to ask for help and know where to go for help when you need that. And all of that means you need to be able to know how to handle sometimes difficult conversations because what happens when you set a boundary and someone tries to impede on it? Or what happens when you ask for help and someone says no? You need to be prepared for how you're gonna have those conversations and how you're gonna handle that kind of adversity because that's just part of life and we're not really ever equipped like you don't learn those things you kind of have to learn it trial by fire and so that's what we're going to go over in the third class is what kind of boundaries do you need to think about setting how do you set yourself up for success and then how how can you be empowered to maintain that even mm -hmm. after the class is over yeah, that's so good. I'm so excited for everyone that's going to be taking that course. Can you remind us the date and where can we find more information? So um, if you go to lahefastatus.com and click on crew up in the menu, you'll see it. Um, and then maybe I can give you the link for the show notes. It's going to be the last three Thursdays of, of August, starting August 12th. And then the two following Thursdays after that. It'll be in person for people here in Arizona if you can make it if you're in the greater Phoenix area. Um, otherwise, we will be streaming it on the Televita platform, which is a local technology company here. Also um, run, founded, and the CEO is a woman of color. So it's really exciting to support her and what she's doing. So we'll have it available streaming as well. And I would ask everyone to bear with me because I haven't given a hybrid class like this before. So we have, I, I don't expect we'll have technical issues, but you know how it is. So, but, but I'm really excited. We've had my goal for this beta, this test run was 15 RSVPs. And now we're probably going to have at least 50 and wow. it, if not more. So um, it's super nerve wracking, but also very exciting. I feel like you know, I, I'm, I'm just at the end of the day really excited to get feedback from my community so I can figure out, you know, where, where do we need more information, where do I need to pull back, and then how can I continue to refine this so that I can serve more Latinas. Yes, definitely. And I'm super excited for you. I know it's going to be great. I'm going to definitely include all of the information on the show notes so you guys can follow. 
Genevieve, follow La Jefa status, visit, buy it. Make sure that you guys are keeping up with her. If you, for some reason, you can't make it this time around. I know next time will be, uh, it will be a lot better as well. I'm so excited for you, Genevieve. Thank you so much again for joining us, for sharing your story and just being open with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, ladies. There you have it. If you guys are not inspired by this to just go out there and go get and secure that bag, uh, make sure you follow us so you can keep getting inspired. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this podcast episode. Thank you again for tuning in and we will see you guys next week. Mujeron, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mujeron podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, share, leave a review so you can help us get to so many more Mujerones. Don't forget, you can also watch our show on our YouTube channel where you can let us know in the comments if you like this episode or what other topics you would like us to talk about in the future. Keep shining, keep working towards becoming the Mujeron of your dreams.